The following is a podcast from St. George's Episcopal Church in Arlington, Virginia. We invite you to support the ministries of St. George's Church through a one-time or reoccurring donation. To give, visit our webpage, www.stgeorgeschurch.org. The word saint is spelled in full. St. George's is a vibrant and inclusive community that is committed to loving God, serving others, and changing the world. to Luke. Jesus told his disciples a parable about their need to pray always and not to lose heart. He said, in a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor had respect for people. In that city there was a widow who kept coming to him and saying, grant me justice against my opponent. For a while he refused, but later he said to himself, Though I have no fear of God and no respect for anyone, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will grant her justice so that she may not wear me out by continually coming. And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says, and will not God grant justice to his chosen ones who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long in helping them? I tell you, he will quickly grant justice to them. And yet, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? The Gospel of the Lord. Dear Lord God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Then Jesus told them a parable about their need to pray always and not to lose heart. Prayer is such a foundational component of our faith. From the very earliest days, Christianity has emphasized the importance of daily prayer. Prayer is foundational in Judaism, in Islam, and in just about any form of religion. As St. Georgians, we come together every Sunday to pray, to be in communion together with God. As Episcopal Christians, we pray with the Book of Common Prayer. We talk about prayer a lot, and it seems like it would go without saying that we know we're supposed to pray every day. The question is, do we? Do we really pray the way that we're intended to? St. Augustine is famous for having talked about the difference between knowing the good and doing the good and the fact that often in our lives there's a big disconnect between the two. 
I know I should exercise every day, but I don't always do it. I've made a commitment that I'm going to get up early every day and take a long, brisk walk. When I do, I feel so much better. I'm more alert throughout the day. I have more patience with people. I'm able to think a lot more creatively. I know it's good for me, but sometimes it's dark. Sometimes I'm tired. Sometimes I feel lazy. And especially lately, with the, turn, the weather turning darker and chillier, it feels so good under the covers. And it's so tempting just to stay nice and cozy. And every once in a while, I succumb to the temptation, I have to admit. It feels good to stay cocooned under the covers. But when I do, I feel disordered the rest of the day. But the good news is that when I do that, I know that I still have a well-established pattern that I can fall back on. If I skip a day, I just recommit for the next day. It's the same way with prayer. It's so easy to say that we're too busy or too distracted or too tired or too whatever, fill in the blank. And there are often a lot of really good reasons. There are only so many hours in the day, and it's tough fitting it all in sometimes. But when we do, when we do pray, we feel so much better. It helps us to reorient our concerns and to put our struggles and our joys in a larger context. Establishing a daily prayer practice is really important. And when our schedules overtake, we need to be gentle and gracious with ourselves and just recommit for the next day. When we do pray, our prayers do not go unanswered. They are heard. As one of our colleagues in the Book of Common Prayer reminds us, God is always more willing to hear us than we are to pray. God wants us to bring our needs to God in prayer to be like the widow in the parable who never, ever gives up. Sometimes we think our prayers are unanswered, but they are always answered. An answer comes, but it's just not always on our schedule. God's time is not our time. One time I prayed and prayed for an opening in a relationship that was really closed off. I prayed for just enough grace, just a little opening that would allow for a reconnection. And it didn't happen for a long time. But finally, the person picked up the phone. I was so astounded that I didn't know what to say at first. It had been so long. It was a brief conversation at first. There wasn't a dramatic miracle that happened. But over time, little by little, the connection got better. My prayer was answered. Just enough grace, just enough. That experience taught me a lot. I was almost ready to give up, and I was a far cry from that persistent widow. But I realized later that God really had given me just enough grace to keep on praying, however feebly, and God had also granted me just enough grace that an opening in that relationship was created.
Jesus uses the figure of the widow in the parable today for a very good reason. There was no more, less powerful person in biblical times than a widow. She was absolutely dependent on her family to take care of her. But this widow, Jesus' widow, doesn't allow the society that she lives in to tell her that she has no power. She knows that she does have power. She boldly claims her God-given power as a child of God by being relentless, absolutely relentless in her pursuit of justice. Jesus doesn't tell us specifically what her petitions were about. But what is crystal clear is that she would not give up. She keeps showing up and knocking on the judge's door. For all of you Harry Potter fans out there, it's a little like the scene in the first book and the first movie when Hedwig, the owl, keeps pelting the Dursley household with letters that they refuse to open. The widow keeps pelting the unjust judge until he gives her what she wants so that he can just get her to stop pestering him. The gospel implication is that if this corrupt official finally does the right thing, then how much more is God, who is both just and loving, willing to do for us, eager to do for us, when we cry for help? But our cries for justice are not for ourselves alone. Today's gospel has implications for our individual lives as well as our communal life. We come together every Sunday to pray for our own needs and for the needs of others. We pray for those who are close to us, and we pray for people that we don't even know. We pray for the victims of hunger, fear, injustice, and oppression. The people in our day who are the equivalent of the widow in Jesus' day. Undocumented immigrants, who feel the daily threat of being picked up, who feel powerless, abused and neglected children who have to fend for themselves, exploited people caught up in human trafficking. It's a long list. We pray for them and we ask for the grace to help us to be like the widow, being persistent in our pursuit of justice for them. St. George's social justice ministry takes many forms. We're a member of Voice, an interfaith organization comprised of synagogues, mosques, and a variety of Christian churches. And Voice helps people who feel powerless to, to claim their God-given voice and advocate for justice around community needs like affordable housing. Voice's greatest accomplishment last year was in successfully advocating with the Virginia legislature to restore the driving rights of people who had had their driving privileges revoked due to unpaid court fines. And this disproportionately affected people of color and people who were economically disadvantaged. Similarly, our refugee ministry works to advocate for the dignity of people around the globe who come here seeking freedom from oppression. A community forum series several years ago in our parish hall planted the seeds for Nova Friends of Refugees, 
which now has over 1,500 partner members. And they organize the One Journey Festival on the grounds of the National Cathedral every year, celebrating the contributions of refugees. Our racial reconciliation ministry is just beginning a truth and reconciliation effort to bring to light a lynching in southwest Virginia from the early 20th century that was never fully brought to justice. We'll be hearing more about that in the coming year. Our God is a God of justice, and that same God is stirring up more and more social justice initiatives here at St. George's. This is a broken world that we live in, and as people of faith, we are called to be God's agents of healing. We pray together every Sunday morning in order to be empowered to be God's agents of reconciliation in the world. Today, we begin our fall stewardship focus, and over the next few weeks, we'll be asked to consider making a pledge to support God's work here at St. George's. Our budget is fundamentally not about keeping the lights on and paying salaries, as important as that is, our budget is fundamentally about supporting our gospel mission of loving God, serving others, changing the world. What we do here at St. George's matters. It really matters more and more each day. Our pledges are powerful. They help us to be a light in the ever-increasing darkness of our world. Our life of prayer, worship, fellowship, outreach, Christian education, pastoral care, all of our varied ministries has a direct impact on each of our lives and on the life of our community. There's a profound link between the prayers we offer on Sunday mornings and our action in the world. It is grace that enables us to be persistent in prayer, and it is in grace that enables our persistence in the pursuit of justice for all God's children. Everything we do here at St. George's is about being God's hands and heart in this world. The persistent widow has a lot to teach us today. My prayer for each of us this week is that we will claim the power of prayer, both today in community and each day this week in our individual lives, in order to be God's agents in the world. Then Jesus told them a parable about their need to pray always and never to lose heart.